Welcome to Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message by Daniel Willett. Amen. What an awesome time in worship. Um, man, such an awesome time in worship. Um, I just, I just love to worship, you know, and for years it was me trying to just get over myself and, and not trying to perform for anybody, but just connect to the Lord and worship. And I just love it when that happens. And just, I've just felt Jesus just in the room today and uh, such a great time. He has risen and that's just gives us something to be excited about. And I just want to tell you, he's provided everything that you'll ever need. Amen. He's provided everything that you'll ever need. It was a finished work on the cross. Amen. You have all that you need in Christ. Amen. That's a great declaration. I have all that I need in Christ. So let's pray. Father God, I just give you this message. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Speak to each heart this morning. We just open our heart to you. In fact, just do this this morning. Put your hand on your heart. Say, Holy Spirit, come. I welcome you. Amen. Amen. That's a powerful prayer. Some people say, well, Holy Spirit's already here. Yes, he is. That's true. But it's powerful when you just acknowledge him and you just say, come, speak to me. I want to acknowledge you. Amen. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. So it says we have redemption through what? His blood. You know, the gospel is, is so simple. Sometimes we overcomplicate it. It's really simple. Jesus paid it all for us, and he paid for it with his blood. And there's something powerful about the blood of Jesus. Amen. The Bible says that there's life in the blood, and the, the blood of Jesus is the most powerful force on earth. The blood of Jesus is powerful. It's so powerful. And sometimes we just need to come back to the simple things. Sometimes we make it too complicated and like trying to figure out what all the toes mean on the beast in Revelation. And sometimes we just have to come back. And don't get me wrong, I love all that stuff. But sometimes we just need to come back just regularly to, oh, Jesus, this is about the blood. Oh, it's just about what you did. Your blood is so powerful. Your blood is what I need. Your blood is what has saved me. It's washed me. So I just want to say, if you've said yes to Jesus, you are forgiven. And you've been made as white as snow by his blood that was shed. So I want to talk to you this morning. I, I rolled out of bed on, on Monday morning. It's one of my days off. And I just had this phrase in my mind, the standard of the blood. The standard of the blood. So that's what we live under, the standard that Jesus has set for us by his blood. In Genesis chapter 4, it's the story of, of Cain and Abel, and we know that Cain kills his brother Abel. And in verse 9, I think we have it for the screens, verse 9 and 10, Cain has just killed his brother. And then the Lord said to Cain, verse 9, where is Abel your brother? And he said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? He says, what have you done? 
The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. Blood has a voice. He said, your brother's blood is speaking to me. It's crying to me from the ground. Blood has a voice. The Bible says there's life in the blood. And in Hebrews Hebrews chapter 12, verse 24, it says, and we have come to Jesus. Pastor Joy talked about the mercy seat last week. Sprinkled upon the mercy seat, blood that continues to speak from heaven, forgiveness. A better message than Abel's blood that cries from the earth, justice. Blood has a voice. And Abel, when Cain killed his brother Abel, his blood went onto the ground and his blood was crying out to God, justice, vengeance. Take justice, Lord. And God actually responded to what the voice of the blood was saying. The blood said justice, vengeance, and God responded to the blood and he brought judgment to Cain. He brought justice to Cain. But Jesus's blood speaks a better word, amen? His blood speaks a better word when Jesus's blood was spilled. By the way, Cain killed his brother, Abel. And when Jesus died, his blood spilled out. And when Jesus' blood spilled out, God responded to the voice of the blood of our brother Jesus, which says, grace, forgiveness. It cried out, forgiveness, healing, deliverance. The blood of Jesus speaks a better word, amen? And God responded to the blood of Jesus. And he gave us forgiveness, Grace, healing. Jesus' blood has a loud voice and it continues to speak from heaven. That's what that verse says. It's continuing to speak from heaven and it has set a standard for us. His blood sets the standard, not what we've done, what his blood has accomplished for us. When God dealt with Cain, he dealt with him according to what the blood said. And when God deals with us, he deals with us according to what the blood says. John 3.16 and 17. I'm sure most of us know this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And verse 17 is a very important addition to that scripture. For God did not send his son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. So that word saved there is the Greek word sozo. And I've talked about it before, but that word sozo, it means what Jesus paid for. He didn't just pay for us to get to heaven. The fullness of what he paid for is this word sozo, and it means saved We're going to heaven. It means healed. It means he paid for our healing inside now, emotional healing, physical healing. It means delivered, set free from the oppression of the enemy. And it means made whole. We can't reduce what Jesus did to he just made a way to get us to heaven. Yes, he did that. But he also made a way for us to have life here on earth now, saved, healed, delivered, made whole now in this lifetime. That's what Jesus paid for with his blood. Amen. The standard of the blood of Christ declares saved, healed, delivered, wholeness. When Jesus died, the veil was torn, which symbolized restoration. 
When Jesus' blood was shed, it cried out, restoration, restoration between God and man. No more separation. The veil separated man from the presence of God. And when the veil was torn, the blood said, restoration, restoration between God and man. The standard of Jesus' blood that was shed cries out, restoration. God has restored you to himself through the shed blood of Jesus. In Exodus chapter 4, Moses is asked by God to lead the Hebrews out of Egypt. And I'm going to read Exodus 4.1. It says, then Moses said, what will... What will uh, what if they do not believe me or listen to what I said? For they may say the Lord has not appeared to you. So we know this story. It's a pretty wild story. God speaks to him through a bush. And he says, and he tells him, he gives him this commission to set free the, people, the children of Israel. And he says, God, what if they don't believe me? What if they don't believe that you've sent me? How, how are they going to know? Like, give me something so that they're going to know that you sent me. And so God gives him three signs and if you remember the signs, they're all kind of bizarre. And I remember four or five years ago, I've never heard this preached, what I'm about to tell you. I've never seen it in any commentaries. But how many know everything in the Bible, there's, there's nothing wasted? Like there's no symbol wasted. There's no name wasted. That's why the Bible is like a deep, deep ocean. There's like 100 lifetimes of revelation in the Bible. It's a deep ocean. So I asked the Lord, I said, why, why these bizarre signs? And the Lord, I feel, spoke to me like four years ago. So number one, the first sign God gave to Moses so that he could convince the Israelites that God had spoken to him. Number one is he said, throw down your staff and it's going to become a snake. So he throws down his staff, his staff and it becomes a snake. And then the Lord says, now pick it up. So I'm like, so, and it turned back into a staff again when he picks it up. So I'm like, God, what, what is this? That's kind of a weird sign. You know, we think of a snake like, I, I hate snakes. I just, my skin crawls when I see snakes. I can't stand, I don't understand the people that have snakes as pets. I have a firm policy, I'll never have a pet that can kill me. Okay, that's, I'm sticking to that policy. So I asked the Lord, what did that mean? And I felt the Lord said, Jesus. It represented Jesus. I'm like, how could a snake represent Jesus? You remember the garden? The serpent comes into the garden and it deceives Adam and Eve, and God says, okay, you're, you're cursed from here on out. The snake is cursed, amen? And so Jesus, we know, Jesus became a curse on our behalf. In fact, a really powerful symbol that uh, happened later in the life of Moses is that the Israelites had disobeyed, and there were all these snakes coming in the camp, and they were biting the Israelites, and many of them were dying. So Moses goes to the Lord, and he says, Lord, what do we do? The people are dying. There's snakes. We're, we're being overwhelmed. And God says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to raise up a pole and put it in the ground. And actually, the pole looked a lot like a, a cross. I want you to raise up a pole. And I love in the New American Standard, it says, oh, I want you to raise up a standard, which I just love that because our standard is the cross. Amen? It says, I want you to raise up a standard. So he erects this standard, this pole that looks like a cross. And he says, and I want you to put a snake on it. And all the people that are sick, that are poisoned, when they look at this snake, they're going to be completely healed. When they look at the serpent wrapped around the cross, they're going to be healed. 
And he is interesting because he had no clue, like, okay, I'm just following the directive of the Lord. But he had no clue what it represented. Jesus became a curse on our behalf and was put on a cross. He became a curse so that he could remove us from all the curses of the law. Amen? And so it represented Jesus. And when people looked at Jesus on the cross, they were healed. Amen? Notice he didn't say, look to yourself. He didn't say, this is what you have to do. He said, simply look at the standard. Simply look to Jesus. So the snake represents Jesus. Represents Jesus. And and the staff, it's a shepherd's staff. Who's our shepherd? Jesus. So it's like Jesus was the representation. And then in the second, the second sign he gives them, he said, put your hand in your bosom, is what it says. But I think he put his hand inside of his, his garment. He said, now take it out. And when he took it out, it was white as snow and leprous. White as snow and leprous. God, what does that mean? Who's white as snow? Who's the only sinless man who ever walked the earth? Jesus. Leprosy is not normally white as snow. It was white as snow, and leprosy, again, is considered a curse. It was a curse. So he who was white as snow became a curse. Jesus. Isn't this amazing? 1,400 years, 1,500 years before Jesus came, God was showing Moses, these signs that represented Jesus. Amen? And a third sign. Who wants to guess what the third sign meant? Huh? If you guessed Jesus, you are correct. And this one's my favorite. This one, he said, go get some water. This is the third sign you're going to use to show them that I sent you. Go get some water from the river Nile, the Nile River. And you're going to pour out the water in front of them. And when it hits the ground, it's going to turn into blood. This is my favorite one. Again, there's no symbols wasted in the Bible. The Nile River was known as the River of Light. And here's why it was known as the River of Light. Because the Egyptian word for it was yeor, Y-E-O-R. And it contains the word or, O-R, which means to be light. Isn't that awesome? To be light. So who is the light of the world? Jesus. So the the water from the River Nile represented Jesus. And this is what the Lord showed me. Jesus' life was poured out, and it resulted in his blood being spilled on the dry ground. We're the dry ground. We're the dry ground that needed that blood. His life was poured out like water, and it resulted in our blood, his blood spilling on the ground, and we're the ground that needed that blood. The sign that God gave Moses of the water that turned to blood on the ground was prophesying, Jesus is coming, and his blood is our answer. His blood is the answer. Later in Exodus, the blood of the lamb was put over the doorpost of the Israelites' homes on the first Passover night that represented the blood of Jesus, which protects us and keeps us from death. Because 
<clears throat> excuse me, because of the blood, we are protected. The standard set by Jesus' blood declares over you protected. Protected, just like the blood on the doorpost that said protected. Jesus' blood, when it spilled, it declared over you protected. You are protected. There's a standard over your life. And the standard was set by the blood of Jesus. Isaiah 53, 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. The standard of his blood cries out, peace. The standard of the blood says, peace. I was chastised so that you could have peace and healing. The standard of his blood cries out, healing. I paid for your healing by my blood. How oh, the blood is so powerful. How many know the value of something is always determined by what someone's willing to pay for it? How many have been in real estate? You know that if you're in real estate. What's your home worth? It's worth what someone's willing to pay for it. So when you list your home, you might have a certain price that you think it's worth, but it ultimately it's worth what someone's willing to pay for it. Amen? So Jesus set the standard of what you're worth, and you are worth the blood of Jesus. He set the standard of the value that you have, and you are worth, your value was set by the blood of Jesus, that Jesus died and shed his blood for you. You are worth the blood of Jesus. That's a great declaration to make over yourself. My value was determined by the blood of Jesus. Jesus' blood cries out over you, significant, valuable. His blood that was spilled, blood has a voice and it said, you're significant, you're valuable, valuable enough for me to give everything, my life for you. Blood has a voice. And his blood still cries out from heaven, the word says. It's still crying out from heaven, saying mercy, life, healing, restoration. Significant. When I was a boy in the forests of Michigan, I grew up in Michigan, when I was a wee lad, I remember one time I used to spend hours in the forest. I just, I have a love, like we're going on vacation in a, in a couple months and I just, I was like begging my wife, I'm like, I just want to be by forest. And we're actually staying in this Airbnb that's right next to a national forest in South Dakota. I'm so psyched. I can't wait. So I used to just spend hours in the forest by myself. And I think I was about 13 and I remember I was just running through the forest just as fast as I could, just running through this forest. It was behind my dad's house. It was this vast forest in Michigan. And I stopped for a second, and I felt something wet on my hand. And I looked at my hand, and I saw blood just pulsing, squirting out of my hand. 
And it was like a shock when I saw it. I was like, right? It's like, if you ever had something like that happen, my heart was racing so fast, I must have pricked it on a bush or something. And it was just pulsing blood, just squirting, literally squirting blood. And my reaction was like, oh my gosh, stop, get back in there. I need that. Right? When you get a cut, what's your first reaction? Stop the bleeding. Stop the bleeding. Something inside of you tells you, this is important. Blood is important. I need this. Stay in there. When you cut yourself, your immediate reaction is to stop the bleeding. Do you know what causes a heart attack? It's when blood stops flowing to a certain area of your heart. When the blood stops flowing, it causes a heart attack. The Bible says that there's life in the blood. And just as we realize the importance of our own blood that sustains our life, we need to realize and acknowledge the power and the significance of the blood of Jesus that's still speaking over us from heaven. Blood is significant. Even our bodies tell us that. I need this. Get back in there. I need this. This is powerful. This is important. We need to acknowledge the blood of Jesus that's important. It's powerful. It's still speaking over your life. I love that verse. It's speaking from heaven even today. We need to continually acknowledge. The gospel is simple. We need to continually acknowledge the blood of Jesus and what it has done for us. Don't look to what you've done. Look to what he's done. Don't look at yourself. Look to the cross. Amen. He said, look to the cross. Look at the serpent on the cross. Then you'll be healed. Wow. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11 says, and they overcame him, meaning the enemy. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives unto death. We overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb, not by our own effort. It's by the blood of the lamb. The blood of Jesus speaks loudly over you. Victory. Overcomer. Because of the blood of the lamb, we overcome by the blood of the lamb. The blood of Jesus says victory. Overcomer. Conqueror. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says this, but thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. The blood of Jesus declares triumph. Triumph. The blood of Jesus is crying out from heaven over you, even right now. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus actually sweat drops of blood onto the ground. Again, blood has a voice. What was his blood saying? He was actually experiencing a medical phenomenon. And I got this off WebMD. This is called hematohydrosis. This is what Jesus experienced. It's a rare medical condition that causes you to sweat blood from your skin when you're not cut or injured. It's caused by extreme distress or fear, such as facing death, torture, or severe ongoing abuse. So Jesus in the garden, knowing what he was about to go through, he actually sweat drops of blood. And the blood came out of his pores and went onto the ground. And blood has a voice. And I believe that when the blood that came from 
the stress and the agony that he was going through, when it came and it fell on the ground, that blood was crying out, I'm taking all of your mental anguish. I'm taking your mental anguish. I'm taking depression. I'm taking anxiety. And I want to tell you, you don't have to live with depression and anxiety. Jesus took it for you. That's something that I've overcame in my own life. Depression, anxiety, fear. Jesus took it for you and you don't have to live with it. It's not yours. It doesn't belong to you. Jesus paid the price to take it from you. Amen. We love you, Jesus. Can we just close our eyes and bow our heads together this morning? Jesus' blood continues to speak from heaven over you, over you, over me. Jesus' blood has set the standard over our lives, and it cries out, forgiveness. Who are you not to forgive yourself when Jesus' blood says forgiveness? It cries out forgiveness. It cries out grace. It cries out healing, deliverance. Jesus' blood cries out over you, saved. You don't have to worry about your salvation. It cries out, saved, done. If you've received him as your savior, it says, saved. It says, delivered. It says, wholeness. Don't settle for less than wholeness. Jesus paid for complete wholeness. It cries out restoration. No more separation between you and God. Restoration, I've made the way. I tore the veil. It cries out protected. Just like the blood over the doorpost meant that you were protected. His blood cries out protected. His blood cries out peace. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And his blood is crying out over you, peace. His blood cries out over you, significant, valuable. You are worth the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus cries out over you, victory, (laughs) victory. Victory, if you're going through a trial, I cry out over you, and I agree with the blood, and I say, victory, overcomer, triumph, conqueror. Amen. And if if you're here this morning, and you've never said yes to Jesus, you've never just said, yes, Jesus, I want to follow you. I, I, I believe. Like something maybe stirring in your heart this morning, like, yes, this is true. This is true, and I want Jesus. I want him to be my Savior. If you've never done that this morning, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that right now. And it's really easy. It's not magic words. It's, simple. it's simply a, a, a heart matter. When your heart says, yes, Jesus, yes, I want that. I want you. You become saved. You become a child of God. So I'm just going to lead all of us in a prayer, and we can all say this together. And if you've never invited him into your life and you want to do that, you can do that right now as we say this prayer together. Say, Father God, 
I acknowledge you as my Father. Jesus, I acknowledge you as my Savior. I receive you, Jesus. Come be my Savior and my King. Amen. It's that simple. And this is just for me. If, if you've done that, you've never asked Jesus into your heart before and you've did that with everybody's eyes closed and you just, I just want to see who would, who would uh, just say that they did that. Would you just raise your hand? Thank you, Jesus. If you just invited Jesus into your heart for the first time today, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I appreciate that. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Somebody gave their heart to Jesus today. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to take communion together. And the blood of Jesus is powerful. And when we take communion, it's not just a symbol. There's something supernatural about communion. We've seen this firsthand. <laughs> We've seen people get healed with communion. We've seen demons cast out by taking communion. It's powerful. It's not just a symbol. And I believe the Lord wants you to know, know this morning, communion is always an inclusive act, always. It's something that Jesus is saying, come take part in. You don't ever have to exclude yourself. Oh, Jesus, I'm not good enough to take communion. There's been some, some scriptures that are misunderstood. Thank you. Where people will try to say, like, you have to clean it up before you can take communion. That's so opposite of everything that Jesus is saying. It's like, no, my body was broken for you to heal you, to cleanse you, to make you righteous. So when we take communion, we never have to take it in fear. This was what Jesus did on the cross. <clears throat> it paid for all of our sins. It washed us as white as snow. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So I love that scene. There was a movie, I think it was called The Son of God, like four or five years ago. And there's a scene in the movie where, you know, when, when Jesus... He did a lot of things, and the disciples had no clue what he was doing. And communion was one of them. He's like, this is my body, this is my blood. And they're like, okay, we don't know what you're talking about, but we trust you, Jesus. And so they just went along with it. And there's a scene in that movie, Son of God, where they take communion after Jesus has been resurrected. And they're like, oh, like the light bulb goes on for the first time. They're like, this is his body that was broken for us. This is his blood that was shed for us. And so we just thank you, Father, that we get to take part in what you did on the cross, Jesus. We thank you that you include us in what you did. You say, come take part. Do this in remembrance of me. Remember me. Take this body, take the blood, and remember what I did for you. I made you clean by my blood. I made you righteous. I brought healing. My blood says healing, deliverance, salvation, wholeness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Does everybody have? Let's hold it up if you got it. Amen. There's a couple more people who will wait.
Thank you, Jesus. Wow. I just want to say one more thing. This, when we're in worship today, <clears throat> I just got this picture of Jesus on the cross. And man, if you've seen that movie, The Passion, it's probably the closest depiction we've seen, but it doesn't do it justice of what actually, what Jesus's body probably looked like on the cross. And I just got this picture of him looking down at his broken body, just torn apart and just blood everywhere. In Hebrews, Paul says it was a joy. The joy that was set before him, he endured the cross is what Hebrews 12 says. And I just got this picture of him looking at his broken body with joy and just saying, this is for you, Daniel. I have joy in my heart. This is for you, Ed. This is for you, Uriah. I did this for you. And I have joy in my heart to do it for you. He knew what it meant for us. He knew what it meant for us. This is for you, Ember. My broken body, this is for you. He had joy in his heart. So Father God, we just take communion today to remember your son, Jesus. Jesus, we acknowledge you. We wanna remember what you did for us. We wanna remember what the standard of your broken body and blood speaks over us. And so with that, let's break the bread and let's take this together. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your body that was broken. And then take the cup. And Jesus raised the cup and he said, this is my blood. Wow, they didn't know the significance when he first did this. But he's like, this is my blood that was shed for you. And if you need healing in your heart today, if you just have pain in your heart, like I'm talking about emotional pain, or if you need physical healing, just as you take the blood of Jesus today, just say, I receive my healing. Let's take it together. Thank you, Jesus.